It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me a fellow who I have not had the chance to talk to here on the podcast for a little while, but he is friend of the show. He is the purveyor of RedLegNation.com and RedsMinorLeagues.com. You probably follow him on Twitter already. We're talking to Doug Gray. Doug, how you doing, sir? I mean, I feel great after that introduction, but... Uh, I guess I should probably just apologize to all of you that follow me on Twitter because I know I'm insufferable. Sometimes the sometimes the content's good, but usually it's just. Whew, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How, you, how of... you doing? How you doing, Jeff? Are you doing all right? <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing all right, man. It's uh it's good to have you back on the podcast. We have stuff to talk about. Whether um, you're listening right now and you feel one way or the other about what the Reds did this past day, or maybe you haven't been in the loop. Let's inform the folks. Uh, just this past evening it was the non-tender deadline for Major League Baseball. The Reds announced that they have non-tendered R.J. Alanese, Kyle Farmer, who then they turned right back around and re-signed to an undisclosed dollar amount. They also non-tendered Archie Bradley, Brian Goodwin, Kirk Casale, and I'm not forgetting anybody, am I? No, it was just those five guys. Just those five guys, yes, which uh, in and of itself is quite a few folks from the roster, a percentage, if you will. Uh, it, all right, Doug, initial reactions, because obviously this is all money-related. We're, we're talking about two deadline acquisitions by the Reds. What on earth is going on here? I mean, Archie Bradley was a shocker to me. I mean, I, I felt that there was a, a very, very outside chance that he could be non-tendered. But, I mean, it's just – I think that it's the fact that he was good. Um, he could have stayed around for – you know, MLB Trade Rumors has him projected to get uh, anywhere from $4.3 to $5.7 million in arbitration if he stuck around. Uh, that's I mean, that's not much money for – the guy who has the track record of Archie Bradley, he's been really good in his career. Um, and, and when you just couple it with the fact that the Reds traded a top 10 prospect and Stuart Fairchild, and they gave up Josh Van Meter, who, you know, whatever you want to feel about Josh Van Meter, he's, he's a usable player who didn't make anything but the league minimum. Uh, and they got eight entire innings out of Archie Bradley for that. And then they just said, no, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll pass on paying you. We'll just round it to the middle number, $5 million next year. I, I mean, I, I, I'm i shocked. I, I really am. I mean, and un, unfortunately, it kind of also gives me the feeling that uh, is this a sign of things to come as far as the Reds' payroll goes for 2021? I tell you, I, 
I'm a little optimistic at least, but obviously we got to wait and see. It, it, it just depends on what the Reds actually do with this. I'd like to think, in my heart of hearts, which is a very positive Reds fan heart, that they're going to repurpose this money, that they're going to spend it somewhere else. Although we aren't really talking about move the needle to go get Trevor Bauer money. Maybe we are, but I just I, I, it needs to be a lot more, I think, there. But at the very least, it gives them some kind of capital. Cap, capital. Wow. Okay. It gives them some kind of capital to play with in this free agent market, or am I just looking at this through rose-colored goggles? I mean, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, you know, rumors came out earlier today that, you know, the Reds were, you know, one of the, t- the top teams in terms of, you know, looking at free agent starting pitchers. Um, now, again, whether that means Trevor Bauer <laughs> or that means, you know, somebody that's looking for the number four or five spot, you know, who knows at this point? I mean, I'd probably say more likely that they're not in on Trevor Bauer, um, just given the fact that, you know, well, the Reds historically have not been in on guys like Trevor Bauer, who are at the top of the free agent market. Um, but I, you, you never know, um, especially if he's going to be willing to take more of a short-term deal than, you know, say a five, six, seven-year deal that you know may possibly be out there. Um, but you know, they're they're also you know rumored to be out there in the shortstop market, and it's not like they haven't been linked to guys like Didi Gregorius, who. Uh, you know, even on a short-term deal, he's probably going to get you know anywhere from twelve to fifteen million dollars, which you know, that's not really a lot of money. But you know, if that's the money that they saved today, roughly, um, I mean, they didn't save all of that, but you know, let's just we'll throw it out there. They they saved anywhere from eight to ten million dollars. Um, you know, non-tendering these guys versus you know paying somebody the league minimum to take their place on the roster. If if that's something they do, and they go out and they do spend that money on a shortstop. Um, you know, maybe maybe it makes more sense, and uh, you know we'll we'll all feel a little bit differently if that happens, but it hasn't happened yet, uh, and so at least from the outside looking in, who has no real idea who the front office has had conversations with in free agency, uh, until they spend it and hopefully spend it well, I'm just sitting here scratching my head a little bit. It was something that I looked at a couple of weeks ago, a couple of guys that could be non-tendered, and Robert Stevenson was on the list. Of course, they traded him, so they didn't have to non-tender him. But when you look at some of these guys, maybe they're trying to do the the Tampa Bay Rays thing with Archie Bradley because I looked at the Rays roster, which, granted, the Rays front office and the way that they've ran their organization is completely different from the way that the Reds have for a long time. And the Reds are really playing catch-up to the way that uh, they – run their organization comparatively, but on the other end of the spectrum, maybe they think they can get lighter. Is there someone in organization, in-house right now, like maybe in the minors or something like that, that they have uh, at least, faith is kind of a strong word, but they expect to step into a late-inning setup role like Archie Bradley and cost them, you know, maybe four or five million less. I mean, if that guy exists, I guess my question would be, why didn't you use him this year? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> unless you're planning on making Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo, who are starting pitching prospects, into that guy, where was that guy this year? Like, if, if that's your plan, uh, you know, when the year starts, you know, that guy's just going to all of a sudden be ready because he had spring training this year? I, that, 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 I don't know. I I I'd be surprised if that were the situation, but um, I mean, maybe, maybe, but I doubt, I, I doubt it. 
Um, it just it just seems that all the guys that are for sure relievers that they had at Prasco Park that didn't come up this year, um, not, none of them really seem to have that in them. I mean, if somebody that was there that was a relief prospect that took a huge step forward, why didn't we see them this year? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, no, so. and it, it's definitely fair to wonder, and kind of like you said, they gave up prospects to get Bradley and Goodwin, and those guys are now gone, and so are the guys that they traded for. So it, it definitely makes you wonder what the plan is, and hopefully the rose-colored glasses are right, and they actually do go out and sign somebody. We'll have to wait and see as to how that happens, because the only move that they actually made to sign somebody was to just re-sign Kyle Farmer and, and bring him back in. Do you see this as a clear-cut sign that Tyler Stevenson is going to be a big factor, a catcher, this coming season? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, earlier this offseason, uh, general manager Nick Crawl had said, you know, that you know, Tyler Stevenson is, you know, he's a guy that they're looking at for, you know, or what, maybe it was Dick Williams before he, he stepped aside. One of the two, I can't remember. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, you know, basically it said that, you know, Tyler Stevenson's in our plans for 2021. Um, and so we're going to have to figure that out. And I, I think that that was kind of the first sign that we all kind of got that uh, maybe the Reds are going to be making a, a trade of either Tucker Barnhart or Kurt Casale, or if they couldn't, that a non-tender was going to be on the way for Kurt Casale. Uh, because his contract isn't guaranteed like Tucker Barnhart's is. I, I think that, you know, even though we didn't see a lot of Tyler Stevenson this year, um, when we did see him, it was it was a good look. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he seems to be ready. And I, I think that the Reds are ready to kind of just, I don't want to say hand him over or hand the job over to him, because I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to go out there and get 140 starts uh, in a full season right away, or maybe not ever, because catchers don't really do that anymore. Um <laughs> But you know he'll he'll be the, the the bigger end of a platoon situation at catcher, uh, you know, starting next year. I think. I'm hoping so because I really want to see a lot more of him. I mean, I just I go back to that at bat that he had against Craig Kimbrell against in that huge game against the Cubs. That was a phenomenal walk. I mean, obviously, you know, he he didn't get like a huge hit or anything off him. He just drew a walk off Craig Kimbrell, and I. I love that. I want to see a lot more of Tyler Stevenson this coming year, and I, I think this move does set them up for that, obviously. Now you need a catcher there behind Tucker Barnhart. And uh, Coming up here in just a minute, Doug and I talk about where this leaves the Reds value-wise based on the value that they had last season, what it looks like this coming off season, who they just got rid of, all that good stuff. Also, kind of talk a little bit more about some roster ideas. But before we get into all of that, now's a great time to crack open a built bar. I'm talking about Cherry Bar C. I'm talking about cookies and cream. Maybe you've got some chocolate peanut butter, or you're a big fruit flavor guy. They've got all those flavors as well, and they're healthy for you. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. It's a great snack that's going to leave you feeling great too. Four grams of sugar, four grams of fat. And in some cases, up to 17 grams of protein. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off the amazing tasting Built Bar. What do you have to lose? Check him out at BuiltBar.com with the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order of the most delicious protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar for real. It's going to be your favorite snack very, very quickly. BuiltBar.com with the promo code locked on. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I would love to see him. And kind of like you said, the days of the everyday catcher really are come and gone, but I'd love to see him in some way usurp Tucker's role there at the top of the death chart by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the one thing that could come into play a little bit there is if the National League gets the designated hitter back. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to go to Tyler Stevenson every day. Um, and you don't want it to because, I mean, he, he brings a lot of value as, you know, with at least what we hope he can do with the bat as a catcher. Um, but if you have the designated hitting option, hey, you know, maybe once a week he can get, you know, a day off from, you know, the grind of being a catcher, but you can still get the bat in the lineup. Now, right now, that's not really an option. Uh, we'll we'll find out if that actually plays out. But um, you know, that, that's kind of one of those situations that sucks for National League teams because they are making these decisions today, whether they're going to tender contracts to players or not, without really knowing what the roster rules are going to be for right. them for the 2021 season. Um, it's a slight little side rant there, but it, I, I think that it actually does kind of put the Reds and you know the other 14 National League teams in a in a weird spot compared to the. The American League teams who know what they're going to be able to do next year. No, and you're definitely right on that. I mean, I've... I mean, heck, and that even comes into play with Brian Goodwin too. Right. Uh, you know, if if the Reds have a designated hitter role next year, well, then Brian Goodwin's your fourth outfielder because Jesse Winker's probably going to be for the most part your everyday designated hitter. Sure. But if if there's not a DH, then Jesse Winker's going to be out in left field pretty often, I'd imagine. Uh, and so that would make Brian Goodwin your fifth outfielder. So now you're talking about, well, do you want to keep Brian Goodwin as your fourth outfielder for four million or for three million dollars, or do you get rid of him because he's gonna be your fifth outfielder for three million dollars? That's a big difference for a front office to make, and they don't really know which option they're going to have, but they had to make that decision anyways. The biggest example I can think of as far as confusion regarding what's going to happen with the designated hitter was that the Padres declined their team option on Mitch Moreland, who they traded for at the deadline. They got him from Boston last season, and basically because they didn't think they could put him at designated hitter. I mean, has there been, have you heard any kind of rumblings? I've not heard really any rumblings as to which way they're actually leaning with this, but has there been any thought as to whether the National League is actually going to get it? I, the the owner's side of things seem to want it, uh, but they don't want to just give it away because everything's got to be bargained for. Mm. Uh, and, and they want to get the players to give up something else. Um, and so it, it's probably not going to be something that is uh, kind of just thrown out there, um, given away. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, some back and forth. Uh, and, and we're, I, I just don't know because I feel that there, things are so contentious right now between the Players Association and the owners, um, and especially, you know, with, you know, the, the collective bargaining agreement being up at the end of next year. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to – I don't think either side really wants to give in to the other. 
Um, I mean, if I had to bet, I'd say there's probably not going to be a designated hitter in 2021 for the National League, but I, I, I think there's enough there that it's possible. I've mentioned I've got kind of a uh, positive uh, mind when it comes to the Reds and maybe a little bit uh, not understanding of things, but there's something that I thought of in lieu of the DH. Do you think Jesse Winker would be any value at first base? Well, I mean, if he can play defense there, sure, but I also don't think that the Reds are going to do that. Oh. I mean, one way or the other, no matter where you fall and how you feel about Joey Votto, I just can't see the Reds being like, you know what, Joey, you're not playing very often anymore. Mm. I okay. mean, it, it's just, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that they're the kind of team that would just decide that, hey, we're going to pay you twenty three million dollars to sit there and not play. I mean, it's basically just the ramblings of a podcaster wearing a Cy Bauer T-shirt. So it's not as if there's any legs to this, but uh, yeah, it was just something that. I'd kind of thought of because obviously you want to keep his bat in the lineup as much as possible. And we all know that while it's not, I wouldn't call him a black hole in left field. He's not a good left fielder. And maybe you could think outside the box there, but I'm with you. You you don't pay a guy $25 million to sit on the bench uh, for a extended period of time during the season. I, I, I definitely understand that. I, uh, something I wanted to talk to you about, and I know that we mentioned this off air and we mentioned that 2020 has really just thrown everything out for a loop or something, insert whatever word you want to uh, put in there. But uh, when we look at the value, and I, I, I mentioned on Twitter that Spot Track, according to their projected uh values for each of the players that the Reds non-tendered, the Reds saved somewhere around $11 million. It could be more, it could be less. That was just based on their estimation. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, when I was looking at the way that they broke down the Reds' payroll from 2020, which was the adjusted payroll, not the, the full payroll, they came out to about $3.5 million per win, per war, for the season. And that's less than the Dodgers. The Dodgers paid about $5.5 million. The Tampa Bay Rays were way lower, like $1.5 million, but that's because they're the Tampa Bay Rays. And the White Sox were uh, a t- another team that I looked at, and I know I'm throwing a lot of team names here at you, but basically what I'm getting at is how do we determine the value that the Reds are going to get this offseason, or are we just completely throwing out the books and starting over? Well, let's address the – dollar per war situation first that you you mentioned okay i'm assuming that that's based on the entire roster not on just the free agent players they signed and i think that there's a very big difference in saying well this team did this per war because if you've got a young team that hasn't really reached free agency yet well then none of those guys are getting paid Mm. well if you were cutting players and you don't have guys to fill in, which the Reds do for Kirk Casale, for example. Um, you know they're going to bring in Tyler Stevenson, who's going to make the league minimum. Um, it, I'm assuming that Kyle Farmer is going to make close to the league minimum now that he re-signed. Um, but if you're, I mean, who are you replacing Archie Bradley with? Uh, if you're going to bring in somebody who is, you know, from the farm system, as we discussed already, at least from my, my you know, standpoint, the Reds don't have anybody who can come in and do what do what Archie Bradley could do. Uh, from the farm system. So if you're going to replace him and assume that you are going to try and get the same production, 
it's going to cost you a lot more money than league minimum. Um, you know, but that's part of the problem too. Is I think that right now where we're at, we have no idea what the market is going to bear right now. Um, 2020 messed up finances for a lot of teams. I think there's a <laughs> a lot of wiggle room in the numbers that they say they lost versus how much they actually lost. Sure. Um, but they're all acting as if they lost a lot of money and they're unsure about what's going to happen next year uh, in terms of, you know, can fans be in the stands? How many fans can be in the stands? Um, you know, it, 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 while we're all hopeful that it's going to happen, we don't know. We aren't sure yet how this is all going to play out. I mean, we've already heard some some rumblings and rumors that, you know, this season may be delayed by a month next year. Um, and, and so teams are they're acting a little bit cautious. And I think that that's one of the reasons we've seen a lot of non-tenders today, a lot more than we did. I mean, you know, the Cubs non-tendered Kyle Schwarber. I mean, right. if I had told you that you know, two years ago, you'd have called me crazy. Um, but, you know, that, that's just where we're at right now. And so. You know, the free agent market is going to be flooded. There's going to be more players out there, which is going to drive down the cost for players. Um, and teams don't want to spend. So I think that that's also going to drive down the cost for players. So, you know, I think that it's just really tough right now to try and figure out, you know, the whole win, you know, per war or dollar per war situation. Um, now, you threw out that $11 million number. In a typical free agent year, that means you're going to pick up about one and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that, that doesn't really move the needle. Um, but, you know, sometimes sometimes you win. Uh, you, you know, you, you get these free agents that, you know, they weren't quote-unquote good the year before or whatever. They had a down year. They rebound with your team or, you know, your pitching coach who, you know, I think that we all feel pretty comfortable in, in, in Derek Johnson and what he can do. Uh, you know, he, he figures out how to take what that guy was good at and make him better. Um, you know, coming to Great American Ballpark helps out a lot of hitters. Although after last season, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll feel a little <laughs> bit different about that. But sure. um, you know, you you just don't really know. Um, so I, I wish I had a better answer for your question. And I know I feel like I just spent ten minutes explaining all that to say I have no idea. Um, but I, I really I really don't have any idea. Uh, hope hope for the best. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll say this much. You don't get to hang up banners because you you had the best dollar per war spent. You get to hang up a banner because you won more baseball games than everybody else. And that's true. I mean, the Dodgers paid over $5.5 million per, what I was looking at, paid over $5.5 million per war, which was far and above more than the Reds and the White Sox and the Rays and all that stuff. But they got the World Series trophy at the end. It's not as if, you know, the Rays are – you know, whenever they were hoisting the World Series trophy, the Rays were over here like nanny, nanny, boo, boo. We paid less, or you know, something like that. They weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't doing that. But we're going to talk more about this coming off season here on tomorrow's episode with Doug Gray. I'm going to stop it right there, though. That'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Make sure that you're subscribed and you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. Also follow the show at Locked On Reds. And check out tomorrow's episode as Doug and I conclude this conversation about the Reds offseason. He talks about what he would do if he were in Nick Crawl's chair. That and more on the next Locked On Reds. But for now, tell your smart device to play the Locked On MLB podcast, and I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.